This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Let me invite you to take your Bibles and let's turn to the 139th Psalm. And then I would remind you that this afternoon you received an email from me with tonight's handout. And I don't have copies of that run off for those who are in the auditorium here. But if you have a smartphone and you can pull up email, you'll be able to uh, see that and follow along. What's uh, the purpose or the design for that email that went out is this. I hope, uh, though you probably like to delete emails like I do, uh, I hope that you won't delete that one. In fact, that can become a tool that's always there for you to uh, go to uh, when you face what we're going to be talking about uh, tonight. The last two months of pastoral ministry have been very challenging here. Uh, there are seasons. Things happen. Churches face challenges. Uh, Renee and I have just enjoyed so much the privilege of being able to minister here at Good News with all of you. Uh, but again, there are times when things uh, happen and, and sometimes at a pace where it can be overwhelming. And this has been one of those seasons. Now please, I am not up here to complain tonight because God is faithful and when, when we face things, that's part of his plan. That's part of his work, right? He hasn't lost his grip and, and uh, when we can feel like waves are sweeping over us, uh, in fact, God hasn't lost his grip. But there, there have been challenges in the last three months, in as many months, I've made death notifications on three different times uh, families who's, uh, who are facing a suicide situation. That, that wears on you. Uh, it's a challenge. And God gives grace in those times. And what a joy to be able to encourage and, and, and to be a help. Uh, I have never been in a ministry where at the same time so many people have fallen ill. And of course that comes after a time of months and months and months of some folks getting COVID and, and church ministry having to respond to government directives and, and trying to um, seek the Lord's will of what is best for uh, God's family, while at the same time uh, keeping everyone, uh, help, trying to keep folks challenged. The Holy Spirit has to do this, obviously. But to stay focused on the work of God, the importance of assembling together as the body of Christ, the fact we need each other, that we need fellowship, and that there's still a world out there going to hell, and we need to get the gospel to them. And, and you all are so faithful uh, in different ministries, uh, to, to organize here and to plan so that we can get the gospel out yet again. And yet, in, a, in the same year, canceling Bible school, 
canceling this, not being able to have that. Most recently, the Christmas cantata. After months of, of you musicians working so hard. And honestly, all that just, it wears on you, right? And you're feeling it, but I, I'm just being honest and trying to be transparent tonight. I have felt it too. But this week I was talking with, with a brother in Christ, having a hard time uh, because of, of things that he's faced. And one of the things, too, that, that he's facing, along with COVID and his family's dealing with COVID, this is the time of year for him where Christmas was, this Christmas time is when a loved one went to be with the Lord that he was very close to. And so, Christmas, but an anniversary that you'd rather not remember. And so, so he and I are on the phone, we're weeping together. He said, Pastor, how do you do it? And I said, the same way any Christian does it, well, you have to cast your care on the Lord. But it's easy to say that, but there are some specific things that are involved with doing that. And, and it's those specific things that I want to try to challenge you with tonight. All right? I want to be very practical as you look at what I sent you and as we work through that in the remainder of the time that we have together. Jesus was manifest in the flesh. God became man. And he is, as we saw this morning, he is our hope. Christ in us, the hope of glory, so we never need to despair. We never have to take things into our own hands. We need to give them into his hands. But remember that the one who indwells you is a man of sorrows acquainted with what? Grief. Jesus had close friends die. We don't often think about this, but by the time Jesus reached his earthly ministry, his earthly father, Joseph, was gone. So even in their own family, they had experienced that close grief that comes with losing a loved one. Jesus knew that. And then the challenges of daily ministry and, and you know, it, it's, it's one thing when your pastoral staff and deacons and, and folks in your church family that you love, when they're the ones calling you, asking for prayer and giving you updates and so on. But, but can you imagine the Lord Jesus in Israel and cities are emptying out to come to him and people are coming from the region to him with their, their sick loved ones and, and servants who are demon-possessed, and we go on and on, and, and he's facing all of that. Do you think it wore on our Savior? Sure it did. And he would get away with the disciples to just, just rest. But there are also some very valuable things that we learn from our Lord. How could he do what he did in flesh like you and I have? Yeah. He bled too. 
He was tired too. But he is constantly referencing his father. His mind is stayed on his father. And who was he depending on? The Holy Spirit. In fact, he started his ministry. And that remember the dove that came down and lighted on him, helping everyone. In, and that was the moment when he was going to now start his earthly ministry in the power of the Spirit. Not his own power. The Spirit's power. And there were nights that after a full day of ministry, when he's looking at another full day of ministry, and what's he doing? He's up in a mountain and he's praying all night. Why? Don't, I'm not trying to minimize or, or be silly or, at all, but you know what he was doing? He was recharging his spiritual batteries. Because he's the one that told us in Isaiah 40 that if we wait on the Lord, we'll renew our what? We can mount up with wings as eagles, run, not grow weary, walk, not faint. Young men do those things in faint. That's human strength. But when we wait on the Lord, we have supernatural strength. So when you and I face difficulty, and right now there are several of you families at home, uh, you escaped COVID all along, and now you're dealing with it. Why now? We ask those questions, right? How bad is it going to get? Well, tonight I want to share with you some truths to remember when trials come. Truths to remember when trials come. And the deliberate steps that you and I take when trials come will make all the difference or make things worse. For good or for worse. Okay? And so when trials come, here are some truths to remember. And as you're looking at that handout, let's just walk through it. And I hope this will become a working tool for you. First of all, you'll see at the top of that, we have to ask the question, what just came across my path today? Now, the scripture already tells us that a man doesn't know what a day is going to bring forth. How many of you have experienced it out there, okay? We just, we didn't see it coming. We didn't see it. So what just came across my path today, and you fill in the blank, okay? It can be something annoying. It can be something simple. Something can break, or you can break. All right. So what just came across my path today? Underneath, you'll notice this statement, now I know what God already knew. Think about that. Wow. This just happened. Did this really just happen? But now what you just witnessed is what your God already knew. Now you just get to see it. Write down this reference. I'll read it. You're in Psalm 139. We'll be there in just a moment. But write down Hebrews 4.13. Hebrews 4.13 says, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and open under the eyes of him with whom, and if you know the end of the verse, say it with me, with whom we have to do. 
In other words, what the verse is reminding us about, that there, there are a lot of moving parts on this earth, right? But there is one person, our creator God, and what, what trumps everything else is the fact that our interaction with him is what is life-sustaining and defines everything else that we do. He's the one with whom we have to do. So when something that I did not expect, something serious comes across my path today, all right, God already knew about that. Why? Because he knows about everything. Nothing ever surprises our God. Now, Psalm 139, look please at verse 11. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me to God. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Okay, so he sees it all. Nothing is hidden. Now here's the crossroads where God's children often get in trouble. Have you ever come to that fork in the road? Even GPS sometimes can take you to that fork in the road. And it'll tell you this way will be this much faster, and then, you know this is shorter. Or, you know, okay. But we come to the ver proverbial fork in the road, and we get in trouble. You already asked, all right? What just came across my path today? Now let's be honest about that question. You need to honestly ask the next question. Do I understand what just came across my path today? I can see it, but do I understand it? Many times the answer is no. This just happened, but I, I don't even understand. I'm still trying to process what is taking place here. And again, it, it can be confusing. Sometimes it can be earth-shaking. Many times the answer is no, I don't understand. And we need to acknowledge this more than we do. Uh, I have a problem, and I'll just share the problem. Renee, if she was here, she'd, she'd be nodding and, and biting her tongue because an amen was about to come out. She married a fixer. Any of you wives married to a fixer? Okay. There are hands going up right here in the auditorium. There's just a few of us. What's a fixer? The problem is just presenting itself, and I've already got a three-point outline, and I know how to deal with this. No, no. My help is not initially trying to figure it out. So, when something comes across your path, like we started out with tonight, whatever that is, the initial Concern is not trying to figure it out. But here's the next question. Okay, My help is in this next question. What do I know about God's character that should shape and stabilize my thinking about this? Let me repeat that. What do I know about God's character that should shape and stabilize my thinking about this? So if you're the Apostle Paul... 
and you're on the deck of a ship and the sun hasn't shone for days and you're just being knocked around out in the Aegean Sea, question, do you have it figured out? No. If you get a medical prognosis that is the worst news you could get, or in your mind, the worst news I could get from a doctor, do you have that figured out yet? No. What's the next step? What do I know about God's character that should shape and stabilize my thinking about this? Now take your Bibles and let's turn to Psalm 131. And this is where we're going to spend the rest of our time. Psalm 131. Let me ask a question. Those who are here in the auditorium tonight, those of you watching live stream, how many verses are in this psalm? So it's a short one, right? Let me, let me try to pique your interest. Psalm 131 is one of the most stabilizing psalms in your Bible. You say, Pastor, but there's three verses. Watch. All right? What do I know about God's character that should shape and stabilize my thinking about this? Look at Psalm 131, and we're going to jump right to the end of the psalm, and then we're going to come back. But look at verse 3. Let Israel hope in the Lord from henceforth and forever. Let Israel put her confidence in the Lord. Henceforth, what's that word referring to? Right now. Okay, In your Bible, you might just make that note. Right now, hope in the Lord. And forever. And by the way, when I learn to trust Him henceforth, right now, okay, in the future, I'll be more ready to trust Him. And that's what God's trying to do. The trying of our patience being much more precious than gold to perishes works in us, right? Uh, patient endurance in those passages that where Paul says, look, it's a good thing to face these kinds of difficulties. But we need to put our confidence in God. David had learned to, have, to put his confidence in his God. What about his God? Write down two things. First of all, his character. Do you realize tonight that God can't be God if God can fail? But He can't fail. His character, and by the way, based on His character, when He couldn't swear by anything else, He swore by Himself. Why? Because He can't fail, and when He speaks, the, the promises, the way he's, he's obligated Himself to us, it's going to come to pass. All right? So, David put his confidence in the Lord's character and, here's the second thing, his communication that's based on his character. And I, I hope that will help you to remember his character, who he is as God, and based on who he is, what he has said as God. And that goes back to making the previous question legitimate, what do I know about God's character that should shape and stabilize my thinking about this? So if you're one of those Hebrew children and a king is just threatened to throw you into a fiery furnace, you don't know how that's going to turn out. 
In fact, they verbalize that. If we die, we die. But our Lord is able to deliver us. What were they putting their confidence in? His character. Based on what he has said, don't bow to other idols and gods. So they're going to obey God. And so it is true, a wise man will search out a matter before he comes to conclusions. And I'm not suggesting that you don't do that as you proceed. Okay? Uh, we need to find out all we can about that matter based on what God's willing to show us, what we're able to learn from others. But our senses are limited, aren't they? I can perceive, but not really perceive. And oh, by the way, if I go to others and I get their story about what happened, I can't really always depend on that either. That's why those uh, of us who are in law enforcement, uh, you know, they, they taught us in the academy that be careful when you get to an accident scene because there can be three witnesses and all three witnesses have a different story about what happened. All right, so I can try to search it out, but what should be the very first thing that I do? What do I know about God's character that should shape and stabilize my thinking? And so a wise man will search out a matter before he comes to conclusions, but a wiser man will always go to God to see what he says first. Go to God. What does he say? Now, the next question. After that previous one, okay, what specific Bible verses must I dwell on? What Bible verses, what scripture truth should I be focused on? Now, once you have God's mind on the matter, okay, ask this. How can I use these truths to compose my soul as a weaned child? Say, now, that's kind of a strange question. How can I use these truths to compose myself as a weaned child? Well, that's in Psalm 131 as well. Look at the next verse, verse 2. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even as a weaned child. That's an interesting verse. What is the connection between that verse and Israel and God's people now, the church, putting our hope in the Lord? Well, let's look, take a closer look at verse 2. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself. That word, myself, is literally the Hebrew word for soul. It's, David's going to say it again at the end of the verse. As a child that is weaned of his mother. Literally, a child who rests against his mother. So get the image. Can children be frightened by things? Sure they can. And all of us remember times as children where things did frighten us. Have you ever witnessed a child who was frightened by something, but then a parent, let's use mom, she's the best comforter, right? Mom picks the child up, and it can be an older child that's winged. That's the picture here. And just holds the child and puts that child's head against her breast. Problem solved. Everything's going to be okay. That's the picture here. 
So again, look at the question. How can I use these truths to compose my soul as a weaned child? Where you take the word of God and you allow God's word to pick you up, you can feel the Father's arms picking you up and just holding you close. It's going to be just fine. So how does the truth bring you to that place? And you need to have a conversation with yourself. As you're also having a conversation with God. God, here is what you have said about what just came across my path. Lord, I don't understand it. I don't see all of this. I don't know how it's going to end. But thank you. You just showed me what you already know fully. Now, God, here's what you show me about from your word. These are the promises that apply to this. And I'm just going to rest in what you have said that reveals your person, your character. Now, Paul, to the Philippians, will word this a little bit differently, but it's the same thing. Don't be anxious, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Prayer. Supplication. So I'm talking to God, but I'm talking from a, a standpoint of knowledge what He has said. And I'm pleading with Him based on what God has said. And I'm praising Him for His character, that He always keeps His word, that He is sovereign. And what do I get to experience? Peace that passes all human understanding. Wow. So I dwell on those specific verses, and then I get to experience the comfort, the assurance that a child does being held by mom. Again, David will repeat himself. Look at the end of the verse. Again, my soul is even as a weaned child. It's almost as if David is he's trying to convince himself. Now, as I studied this psalm, there are, there are Bible teachers that speculate on what event in David's life caused him to write this, and we really don't know. But we do know that David's life was fraught with circumstances where he didn't know how this was going to turn out. In fact, he'd get up in the morning, and, and, and multiple times, sometimes in a day, David would have to ask, what just came across my path? What was that? But it's in those times that he had the assurance of a child being protected, the bosom of a parent. Now, let's just be honest here. What is it that gets in the way of us following these steps to have God's assurance? I'll give you one word, and you can write it in your outline. It's pride. I've got this. Okay, let's go back to the fixer. I've got this. I think I've got a tool. I've got something. There. I've got this. Okay? I've got to be tough. I'm the leader. I'm dad. I'm husband. Whatever. I'm boss. No, no, no. That's pride. Is that really the problem? Now you get to look at verse 1 in this psalm. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor mine eyes lofty. Okay? 
Haughty is proud. Lord, my heart is not proud, nor my eyes lofty. I got this. Neither do I exercise, and it's the idea, I involve myself in great matters. Or in things, what are the great matters? Things too high or too difficult for me. Can you recognize when it's bigger than you are? Well, you know what? That's life. Because without God, I can do nothing. It's all outside of the realm of my strength. It's too big. I need God's help. And so David got to this point, this point of trust, this point of experiencing the assurance of his heavenly father. Why? Because he didn't have a proud heart. He was willing to go to the Lord. And so you can enjoy that peace if you resist pride, number two, if you're willing to not only resist pride, but invest time to be alone with God. It's going to take time. Again, Fast-paced society, fast food, quick fixes. We want everything to be instant. And by the way, I enjoy the instant. Okay? I, you know, I don't know how many of you have already gotten your Christmas cards done. We've gotten a lot of them. They have been a blessing. But you know you can sit at your computer in the morning, make a Christmas card, and pick it up at Walmart in the afternoon. I like that. But that's not life. We have to invest the time to be alone with God. Now, when you do, notice the next part of your outline. Now, you can say this, now I can take this knowledge and depend on the Lord with my problem through the eyes of faith. Through the eyes of faith. Remember this, whenever or whatever came across your path is seldom resolved immediately. It's going to probably take some time. It's not going to be resolved immediately. Therefore, you have to decide. Notice the next part of your, your handout. What will I allow to dominate my thoughts? So as I'm trusting God and this problem is still before me, and right now I don't, I don't see how this is going to how he is going to bring it to pass. He promises that. I can't see how that's going to happen. Okay, What will I allow to dominate my thoughts? Will I think the certainty of God's truth or the uncertainty of my circumstances? Now, class, what do you think? Should I be thinking the certainty of God's truth or the uncertainty of my circumstances? Some of you, your favorite hymn is, Why Pray When You Can Worry. Oh, I mean, we should be praying instead of worrying, right? But things are seldom resolved immediately. And so I have to trust God's word and allow those thoughts to dominate my thoughts. Let's turn over now to Philippians 4. And I, I have challenged our church with this before. 
I already referenced Philippians 4, 6, and 7, and we know that. Don't be careful about anything, but in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. He promises peace that will guard our hearts and minds by, by who? Through Christ Jesus. But finally, brethren, you're going to have to have right thinking. Whatsoever things are true, honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You know what I love about verse 8? Verse 8 puts in capsule form all that I know to be true of my God's character and what he's communicating. What is he saying? Think about God. His character. What he's communicating. Think those things. And then we have wonderful passages. Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. What is he saying? i got to let God's thoughts dominate my thoughts. You go to Ephesians chapter 4, and I think it's verses uh, 22 to 24. Again, we put off the old man. We put on the new man. But how do we do it? Middle verse right there. I believe it's verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's the answer. So allow the certainty of God's truth to reign instead of the uncertainty of your circumstances. And remember, God, here's the, here's the last statement before we get to the conclusion. Remember, God is testing your vision beyond this event as he prepares you for greater service and heaven. Remember, God is testing your vision beyond this event as he prepares you for greater service and heaven. What just came across my path? What just happened here? Something that God intends to prepare you for your future. And, and how many of us have already memorized, and we did it probably when we were young people, Romans 8, 28, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. I just wish that years ago when they had me memorize verse 28, they had had me memorize verse 29 too. What is the good? All my problems go away. Nope, that's not the good. The good, verse 29, is he wants to use those things to conform me to the image of his son. That's the good. Okay. So what just came across my path? Do you see clearly what you can do based on Scripture to have the assurance of God? And the assurance, by the way, that He's preparing you for future service and for your home going. Look at this final quote. George Knight said this in his book, In the Secret of His Presence. We want God to explain to us the secrets of his working before we feel certain that he will make things go right. 
But there is something better than understanding God, and that is trusting Him. He does not promise to explain Himself. Can I just stop there? You know, Christian, you're going to be tempted to get upset because, well, God ought to explain Himself. Where do you ever say that? And oh, by the way, you parents, do you feel like you always need to explain yourself? Well, my three-year-old wants an answer. Give me a break. You know I can't even explain myself because they're not going to understand. Do you know that the God, our God in heaven, we wouldn't understand if he did explain it to us. Okay. He does not promise to explain himself. He does promise to reveal himself. But he never reveals himself except to an absolute trust. Mm. Yeah. So, going back to those three Hebrew children, we don't know where Daniel was, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego at that time, they faced something that crossed their path, and they didn't know what the outcome was going to be. But how did the Lord reveal himself to them? An absolute trust. O king, whatever you're going to do, you do. But we're not going to bow down to your image. Okay, throw them in. And they got to walk around in there and not feel fire, and they got to be with the Son of God. Do you think that built their faith? Do you think that for the rest of their lives that strengthened them for whatever else was going to come as they served God where he placed them in Babylon? Of course. And that's what God wants to do for you and me. Now, tonight, our church is being threatened to a certain degree by COVID. It's everywhere. And there may be even some of our dear church family that are watching this broadcast tonight from a hospital bed. You feel lousy and you don't know the end of this. You're just hopeful that this isn't going to keep going. But some of you, you've been battling this for days. This has crossed your path. What what? can we do at a time like this? Not try to figure it out. But we need to go to our God. What does the Bible say about my God that directly addresses where I'm at right now? And if I will call unto Him, if I will embrace that truth and let that truth saturate my mind, control my thinking instead of my circumstances, you're going to be able to experience the peace of God as if the arms of God wrapped himself around you and, get, and he's given you that assurance. And this is going to pass. This is going to... Our, our, the trying of our faith, but for a moment, all right, it's going to pass. And when it does, if you've yielded yourself to the Lord, he's going to grow your faith and you're going to be so much better prepared for whatever else he still has for you in the future to make you a better servant and to give you a better home going when you see Jesus. So again, 
Truths to remember when trials come. I hope you'll remember. Pray for me that I'll remember. I'll pray for you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this truth. And God, we just, we love you. Thank you that we have a high priest who knows the feelings of our infirmities because, Lord Jesus, you were here too. But you're God. And thank you, Lord, that we can cast our care on you. You care for us. And, and we know the thoughts that you have for us, not thoughts of evil, but of good, to bring us to a desired end. Thank you for your promises. Help us to trust you. And Lord, we do ask for healing. We do ask that you would help with our physical needs. But Father, as you intervene for our physical needs, Lord, grow us spiritually, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Toward the hope of our high calling, toward the promise we've received. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened and God's word has had an impact on your life as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.